Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. Brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount is yours on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. With me is Michael Normanton and Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman here on the weekly show. TSB Plus next week, uh, we're going to do an extra ball debriefing, deconstructing, demolishing the transfer window uh, where we'll have a look back at all the signings, it's, it's gone on forever, hasn't it? It really has. Too long. But yeah. not also not long enough because we still, as we record, have not bought a fucking strike. Well, we'll yeah, we'll do the full debrief um, over on the Extra Ball for our TSB Plus members. Details on TSB Plus, by the way. You get merch discounts, uh, you get extra podcasts, you get dedicated feed uh, for ad-free podcasts, daily email from Moscow or Rob these days. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it's good yeah. when Rob does it. Those Other times. I, I don't delete those ones, yeah. yeah. Okay. Got the filter. <laughs> to know which one to send to the bin uh, squareball.net forward slash uh, plus for details on that yes then transfers it's transfer deadline day um, as we, are you okay? that's what you need are you, firing, are you firing off the Sky Sports noises again aren't you yeah. I've got some electronic noises I could play out if you want no, just randomly in the background just to no, keep things exciting it's dreadful it's are you dreadful sure? business I mean I could just, it's dead easy no, no 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 that's fine um, so it is transfer deadline day we're recording this it's 20 past 12 just to timestamp it because who knows it's a, it's a fast moving day isn't it it's so fast paced that no, fast, n- nobody can keep up it's a fast moving jet coming back from um, Eindhoven yeah um, and we should say that we are recording the Phil Hay show later on this afternoon where we'll get the, the inside story from Phil Hay about what is happening what's fun with that one is that again that will come out probably after the deadline is closed uh, mid midnight af- mid uh, so, minutes after the window is slammed shut. At midnight. So you're getting not one out of date podcast this week, but two. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? <laughs> Phil knows what's going on though. He doesn't. Tell he's us. got he's got his list, hasn't he, Phil? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. known all along. If I got given it like late May when we signed Brendan Aronson, wasn't it? And, like, we signed him, and he's the rest that we're going to get. Yeah, so Bamba Dieng, the latest name to emerge as, as a forward player. He's my whole world. <laughs> well, we've we've just indulged in some. I'm not saying we've just looked at it on YouTube. We've obviously been scouting him for a while. Yeah. What did, you, what did you make of the YouTube highlights that you watched for uh, Check's Notes? What is it? Five minutes? Uh, eight minutes, the video. Sorry, eight minutes. Just long enough to qualify for ads on YouTube, that is. Genuinely, what I did notice is he does a lot of tracking back. Mm-hmm. There was loads of that on the um, on a highlights reel, which isn't actually what you expect from a striker. He seemed he, to score every time as well. He did. Yeah, very good. He did. He, he tended to score on the clips they'd chosen. <laughs> One of them was the league on goal of the season. There you go. Over head kick. Oh, I didn't see that one. Well, he won. He oh, won no, you, were, you were out of the room when that, when that was on. Yeah, at the start of the clip, yeah. Looks he, good, did that. He actually hasn't scored that many. Um, <laughs> well, no. His record, his record overall is 46 appearances. 
and nine goals. It'd be nice if that was the other way around. I mean, he's a, he's a young man, though, isn't he? That's the yeah, thing. he's twenty-two. So he's, I, I suspect they're not all stars. So, yeah, sub appearances yeah. and yeah, comes on and thinking, why am I well, playing with all these idiots? Yeah. So last season you played nine hundred and seventy-two minutes and scored seven in league. Oh. So what's that? Nine hundred seventy-two divided by seven. 138 minutes to score a goal. That's fine. Lads, I've found a flaw in this plan. You know, it's the World of Football YouTube channel that puts these out. It's the, it's mm. the videos where as soon as a, a player is linked, they go up and change the thumbnail, don't they? The artwork. They are very swift. Yeah, welcome to, insert club name here. But they also do like a little assessment at the start of their video, saying what strengths and weaknesses are, which is what we're all about. You know, when we preview mm. games, we're going to like uh, whoscored.com's strengths and weaknesses. Strengths, acceleration, off the ball, technique, work rate, bravery. Weaknesses, concentration, can't stay, uh, can't stay focused, can he? And he's finishing four out of ten. Sorry, who are we talking about? Ah, forgotten. Sorry, uh, his name will come back to me. Uh, yes, Bamba Dieng. Who scored? Do have his uh, strengths and weaknesses? In fact, is that where they've got it from? Maybe. No, it's different. He's very strong at finishing. Good, strong at key pass- passes, and strong as you spotted from the YouTube highlights. His defensive contribution gets us strong from who scored. I'm a scout, basically. That's, I mean, why, that's why we're in for him. Basically, it. Um, he's weak at holding onto the ball. He's also weak at crossing and passing. Mm. But that's to my he likes to cut inside, which is good when we're playing so narrow with the old inverted wingers. He likes to play short passes, but he's also weak at them. So I don't know if that how that works. Uh, he is well, a, have you seen who scored's assessment of Dan James? Well, hold on. He's a counter. <laughs> he's a counter attack threat, and he loves a tackle. There you go. He actually says likes to tackle, but better if you say it as he loves a tackle. He looked a little bit from the clip, actually. If any, if I was to liken him to any player, we have a little bit like Joe Gelhart in the way that he he's got. Even though I think he's a bit bigger than him, but he looks like he's got um he's got that sort of low center of gravity look to him, where he sort of sways about a lot at a low level and and looks confusing for defenders. Well, Fabrizio was reporting just seven or eight minutes ago. Don't that, give. Don't just refer to him by a, a forename. He sent us a DM. Who are we talking about? Fabrizio Ravanelli. Yeah, Fabrizio Romano. He sent us a DM after I called him. Uh, yeah, was it was it a nice DM? No. no so we use his full name and we shitty. don't give him any credit. Romano has uh, tweeted suggesting that we've had a, a bid accepted by Olympic Marseille, and it's about ten million mm. euro. Other people are reporting that he wants to go to Lorient on loan. Mm. Isn't that French where we got uh, Melier from? Yes. Don't go to those chumps. They, they don't. They don't know talent there, do they? Sounds like. Uh, sounds like it's on lads. By the way. Uh, this is exciting, but you're basically now listening to me read Twitter mm. on a podcast. Right, well, if we are signing a striker then, why did Angus do those programme notes? I mean, it's, it does seem like the very definition of a warm body. <laughs> that, we've, <laughs> that we've just gone out and we couldn't get Huang, we couldn't get Gakpo, so we've got this guy, like, yes. <laughs> Should we play? I felt um, Wisconsin Todd sent in his opinion on the programme notes, and I feel like he got to the, the nub of the matter quite quickly. I do enjoy the English tradition of program notes. There's no equivalent of them here in the States because it's really strange for us that they allow themselves to publicly put their foot in their mouths the way they do. Angus, just stop. Hire a ghostwriter. Do some other shit. Do anything. (laughs) But no one likes the smartest guy in the room, especially one who tries to prove it by writing some of the dumbest imaginable shit. (laughs) Don't insult the intelligence of Leeds fans who know better by mansplaining to us that we have two international number nines, one of which has one more cap than I do. To use an American Southern phrase, that dog don't hunt. Come correct, stop the bullshit, and help this squad get better. That dog don't hunt. He does 
Todd gets right down to the heart of it there because the frustration with what Angus put in the program on Tuesday is that I am actually probably a bit of an outlier as a Leeds fan because I, I don't actually care if we sign a striker or not. I'm, I'm more bothered about a left back. I don't, I'm not mm. pissed off about it at all. And the when you get down to it, the, the policy and the strategy is actually, I think it's fine when you say we are keeping an eye on players who are available, but we are not going to sign somebody for the sake of it. We only want to sign somebody who we think is really good. That's all right. I think that's a perfectly reasonable approach and you can agree with it, disagree with it, but that, that's okay. But that's all it really comes down to. There's nothing much more special about it than that. But Angus cannot help himself from putting it in these terms of the rationale is straightforward. We believe we have three striking options. Uh, we will only supplement this with an exceptional addition. Um, there is a huge opportunity cost and uh, making high-risk investments and then uh, ending by Leeds United, our best place to judiciously capitalise. And he plays... And can I just say, Moscow as well, it... You, the bit you left off at the start there was that he mentioned some fans being perplexed. Yeah, he, he plays he plays his dictionary corner word of the week game and then wonders why nobody understands what the fuck he's talking about and ends up with these kind of... his He sounds more frustrated than anybody that nobody understands Leeds United's brilliant strategy. It's because he keeps explaining it in this, as Wisconsin said, this smug... I don't think he used the word smug, but there's a smugness comes through of like, okay... Uh, mansplaining is what Todd said. Okay, well, let me explain it to you all one last time. We are well-placed to judiciously capitalise. And most people, as soon as you start saying that, are going to go, what are you talking about, judiciously capitalise? Just say, we can sign a player. We we are looking for a, for a player. We haven't ruled out signing somebody, but we're only going to sign somebody who is good. Instead, he spends as, well, there's only three paragraphs I've got here because I cut a big load out. It goes through about 300 words to say something that needs saying in a sentence and it's his mistake is using his program notes consistently to try and be clever instead of using them to clearly explain and they just wind people up the the net result of this if he doesn't think that describing pat bamford and rodrigo as proven international number nines if he's typing that without thinking people are going to read that and take issue with it then he does probably need to stop doing it because the net result is just annoying more people. He could just say... He's overplaying his hand, isn't he? Exactly. He could just say, we think the strikers we've got are good. We're looking for another one, but we're only going to sign another one if we think they're really good as well. Simple. But instead of there's two proven international organised, leaves far too many holes as well because, of course, Pat Bamford is not a proven international. You could say he's a proven number nine who is also an international... But that's where it comes down to, um, there's a bit of a rule which he always breaks with his uh, dictionary corner game of you shouldn't use words that you don't understand the meaning of because you'll get caught out. And it feels like there's a possibility that's just a badly constructed sentence where he said he maybe means we have two proven number nines who are internationals. And you would say that, yeah, Pat Bamford proved that he's of international quality by getting a cap, but he's not a proven international. But he's dexterity with words is not skillful enough to be able to carry off these program notes consistently without the result being people are annoyed. And if you're consistently annoying people this way, then there is the, the time then to, to be quiet. And then we come on to the fact that, um, and yeah, the warm body line is just, he, he can't, you can't put a full stop on that and think as the chief executive, I'll publish that and all the fans will, will love it because it's instantly 
just another phrase to beat him with. Mm. Why do it to yourself? And on the on the international thing as well, between them in the last two years, they have about, well, Bamford has one hour in, in one appearance for England. Rodrigo has two appearances off the bench total in about an hour. Yeah. So an hour each of international football in the last two years does not make them international strikers. I know Rodrigo was, for a time, a genuine Spanish international. He's not anymore. And you could make the point much more easily without leaving it open to the kind of, because there's an element of pedantry, but it's justified by just saying, we believe in the players we've got. Um, but if we can find another one to supplement them, we will, that is still an option, but we'll only sign one if we think they're really good. Fine. That's not, a, that's, <laughs> that's not a bad way to be in my book. But then uh, the warm, immediately it's, what is it? It's less than uh, 48 hours since we've read those program notes and um, already we seem to be chasing warm bodies all over Europe. So that's the other thing as well is that he puts all this effort into um, pissing people off before the, the match and then it's immediately out the window as soon as Rodrigo's shoulder pops. I was going to say, it's a, it's a conversation possibly for the Phil Hay show, this one, because uh, I want to get Phil's thoughts on it as well, but about the the messaging that's come out of the club about transfers towards the end of the window. It seems like they were very organised at the start and then as the, the window's worn on, it's just become more muddled and confused and Jesse Marsh is saying one thing and Kinnear's saying another and you just don't quite know where it's all heading. I do think that Rodrigo injury was the absolute worst thing that could have happened for, mm. to these programme notes as well because within half an hour of the game, of everyone reading them and the game beginning, everyone went, that's why we need another striker because he's always fucking injured and so is Bamford. So the reason, possibly the reason neither of them are international strikers anymore is because neither of them can stay fit or put together any kind of run of form in Rodrigo's case at the end of last season. <laughs> but anyway, we're signing Listen, someone now, so it's fine. The window is still open. Well, he may still end up at Lorient on loan. So we'll, maybe some other warm bodies that we've yet to hear of. Just, he, he's Senegalese. Yeah. Surely we can give him the Juif tour. So look at this, your hero yeah. played. He, 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 see that corner there? That's where your hero um, pointed his ass at some Brighton fans. Is he grabbed his it cock? His, oh, he's uh, grabbed his cock. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Front not back. I'm, sorry, I'm missing. I'm. Uh, Mis- misremembering my homophobic slurs, whatever it was that he was he was the judge to have done. We could get a, a bunch of kids to dress up to meet him. <laughs> God. Just as uh, as one met Juve. Sweet baby Juve. That'll get him over, get this deal over the line. Ah, the Juve times. Oh, dear Lord. Didn't Juve also have £100,000 to his charity in the accounts one year as well? Yes, we, yes, he was on a, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was to justify, like we were saying his wage was low or something, but it was definitely... A separate item in the accounts that we had donated £100,000 to the Ahadjou Foundation for good works. Hey, uh, I've got a translate, live translating now. This is exciting, isn't it? Um, this is, uh, I would say, thanks to uh, Sam, who is at Hum Dummy Dumb on Twitter, who has just tweeted us uh, in this, tagged us in it, saying this is a fantastic summary from Mar- a Marseille fan on uh, the feelings of them about this potential transfer. It puts 30 on Minot, M-I-N-O-T, Minot, uh, presume that's a player, a value of 30 on Minot, who does not have a match in League 1, and 10 on Dieng. We are pigeons. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's the other thing, is no... Does that mean they're undervaluing him? No I clubs fans so. are happy about transfers, are they? I mean, I, the uh, problems with the, the window and its presentation. I assume from that you saw the Spurs fans' reaction to signing Dan James, which was universally... It was, it was, it was almost grief they were suffering at having... Um, Theoretically parted with 20 million quid for him, from what <laughs> I could see on that. Twitter. That's what I was going to say. That. I mentioned before, is uh, on whoscored.com, no significant strengths, bless him. Unfair. Which is just, it's calculated by an algorithm as well. So let's just caveat it with that, poor thing. 
I hope he stays and becomes our player of the season. I like Dan. Absolutely. Um, Sean's been in touch then. Should we hear from Sean? Go on. Just reflecting on last night's Everton game and I can kind of do that in four words. By a fucking <laughs> striker. It's happening now though, isn't it? Potentially. It Bam- is potentially. Bamba de Hing. I mean, it, would Cody Gakpo solve this problem? No, probably not. It'd have, it, I mean, it, it, the deal seemed to be that Dan James was going out and he was coming in, which I could live with because they are the same ish kind of position so that sort of made sense it didn't actually resolve the problem of left back or striker which are would remain problems but it was I guess trading a player who was potentially better than the one we've got I, I, do, I mean did you how did you feel about Dan James leaving as a potential because I really really struggled to care at all just um, I'd miss him would you not as a footballer <laughs> but I can I sense he's he has limitations but he's also he's quite young isn't he is he 22 he's 20, 24 or 25 now isn't okay. he I think. well he's getting on a bit he's a man Moscow he's a man uh, he's think... 24 and he'll be 25 soon I don't know I feel like so, so he's 25 is what you say or is he 24 until he's 25 he, well he's 24 until he's 25 <laughs> that's a fact um, <laughs> he's versatile he's uh, cute <laughs> <laughs> All right. He just seems like a nice lad. He, he, he does seem like a nice lad. He uh, was the first on your Gary Speedwalk to send a video. He was. Yep. Wishing you all well, and uh, that was good of him. And probably in the cold-hearted world of the Premier League, things like that shouldn't amount to anything. But he just seems like a nice guy, and he's not a terrible player. He's had no real chance to kind of... You know, we talked about Rodrigo not building up any form and James playing striker playing coming off the bench to play this position that position um i don't know but then i also don't know at what point he'll ever get that mm. chance because sinistera immediately looks better and jackie harrison is just in in incredible form at the moment but the other thing is uh squad like if we did let him go um we're almost tempting the fates of like sinistera immediate acl harrison like will just become too handsome to play and it'll be, and we'll need him. I think with, um, with Dan James, I feel a bit sorry for him, like on a human level. Because uh, I did a thing in the mag, uh, it was about the sale of Rafinha and buying Sinister and, you know, how it was almost like a perfect representation of consumerism because uh, Barcelona completely caught up on new shiny things. And we've got a new shiny thing in Sinister to get all interested in. And it feels a little bit like that with Dan James because we coveted him for so long, for well, so, so long. Well, and then we, we got him a year ago and it's like, ah, I don't want him now, I want a new one. <laughs> I was going to say, a year ago we did sit here and go, and I'll go, mm, if Bielsa, want, Bielsa seems to really want him, so fine, he can have him because we want Bielsa to be happy. And he want, he chased him for so long. But I didn't really think we needed him. And I think par- partly as well, we were we would look at his time at Scum and we'd say, oh, well, Solskjaer's a shit manager. Of course he's not done well there. It's a, it's a dreadful sort of, atmosphere it's quite toxic there as a club he'll come to Leeds we've seen what Bielsa's done with Luke Ayling and Pat Bamford and Stuart Dallas and he's going to he's going to turn him into this machine and he's going to be all of a sudden getting 15 goals a year and his pressing's going to be unbelievable and it's never really happened has it and yet um, Antonio Conte thinks he can do something with him at Spurs is he just is he like a nice boy version of, of a bad boyfriend you know, like everyone thinks they can change him. They all see, they all see good in him, but then they're like, "Oh well, I can just get him to do this." Or that. And the other thing with someone like Spurs is, I suppose, they could buy him for like special teams mm. as just someone really quick to bring off the bench. I think it comes down, but we've seen that doesn't really work. Um, mm. I think sometimes it comes down to that factor of uh, low maintenance 
high performance. Performance isn't the highest, but I don't get the impression that Dan James caused a lot of trouble. And you can kind of, with the way that the stories are being presented, that he doesn't really want to leave. He's happy to stay at Leeds. If he turns up every day, trains really hard, will play any position and not grumble and always gets like, he's never, I don't think he's ever had a terrible game. He's just, he doesn't make the impact um, you're wanting him to. So he's, he's delivering six out of 10 every time you, you put him in the team. Managers love having players like that around the place who are just not going to kick off and not going to cause them a problem. And when you are talking about building a squad, there's a place for players like Dan James in it. So I think we would, we'd lose something by letting him go. We just don't necessarily get a huge impact from having him here, but it's mid-table life, I guess. Mm, and with Fulham are in, in for him as well, which is, is probably the kind of level he'd get in. Probably the kind of level we're at as well, well if Fulham stay yeah. up um, comfortably. I mean, it's a shame really, isn't it, that he never got he never got a pre-season under Bielsa, come to think of it. He was very much a Bielsa man, signed for him, because he had a real thing, he had a bit of an obsession about him, didn't he? And he came in long after last year's pre-season and Bielsa only got six months with him. Mm. And now we're doing a different, you know, and, then, and he got played out of position for basically all of that. And now different coach, different ideas. They're obviously willing to trade him because he, they think he doesn't fit fit the system as well as perhaps Bielsa did. I'm just not sure he's that good in tight spaces, which is what the, our system now seems to be kind of based upon is that the, it's all really crowded around the edge of the box and Harrison's got a really nice touch. Sinistera seems to be able to do it. Aronson can do it. I'm just not sure where Dan James necessarily fits into mm. it. He's probably at his best as a non-scoring striker. Press from the front, mm. use his pace to upset defenders, like go running from one to the other, doing those doggies. Um, and then it was uh, that goal. You say doing those doggies? That's what they called, isn't it? He was running. <laughs> um, and that goal he scored against Brisbane where he just smacked it in, you thought, oh, brilliant. That's That's what we want Dan James to do. If he had that instinct to just smack the ball and it goes in, it'd be amazing. But um, he can contribute. If he stays, I'll be very happy. Um, but I won't be like predicting he's going to be player of the season or something. I just think he's a good player to have. Would you swap him for a good left back or a good striker? Um, can I just can I just have a good left back? Nope, there's not money for it. There was only money for Charlie the Kettle. See, I'm, I'm still, I'm sort of bemused. I said before, I'm not bothered about a new striker. I don't know why everybody's fixated on striker and we've forgotten about left back when we only have one and he's injured mm. and when you say we only have one in the club it's junior furpo is what it means as well it's not we yeah, only yeah. have one first teamer we only have one that's it because the worst case scenario the way I feel about strikers sometimes and I'm, I'm going I'll say because I feel like I'm presenting a different point of view I'm not trying to be contrary but we have Bamford Rodrigo Gelhart if they're all out Dan James can do it. Sam Greenwood was a striker. Can Dan James do it though? Well, he'll he'll fill a hole for a I know few it, games. I know he'll play there, but, but, but can he actually do it? And then we have Matty Joseph and we have Sonny Perkins. Sonny mm. Perkins who's come because he's not been getting a chance at, at, at West Ham. And if and I sometimes, it comes from me with this feeling like I don't like five subs from nine as an option because I think it makes football too easy and too boring. Used to be that, you know, if a player gets injured, oh, well, what are we going to do? Who's going to play? That's going to be interesting to find out. And you just go... Like on uh, Tuesday night's a perfect example. Rodrigo's injured, so we bring Gelhart on, and then we've had enough of him. We bring Bamford on. So at the moment, we had three strikers in in ninety minutes um, who were all good players. So it all feels a little bit easy, and I would actually be more interested if you told me on Saturday if we turned up to Brentford and Matteo Joseph was playing, 
that would be amazing. Because he'd come from Spain in January, knocking the goals in in the under-21s, and now he's having his Premier League debut for Leeds United. He could either be a hero or a failure. That, to me, would be more, that would be exciting and interesting and give us a reason to kind of tune into a match instead of like just doing the duty of just, oh, well, the game's on, so we have to watch it. It, it, it feels sometimes like we're, we're paying coaches a lot more money and giving them far fewer things to do when they can just go, well, I've got four strikers, so I'll just play one of them. And obviously that makes it even easier for the clubs that have got all the resources as well. Exactly. So I just feel like as a principle, it's a bad way for... It's an an anti-competitive measure, isn't it? Things to be going. And I would like, it's not a, you know, I don't care about pathways particularly. It's not our job to make, um, to give Sonny Perkins a career. But um, I don't think it's the worst thing that would ever happen to a football club if we had to play Joseph or Perkins. It would be fun. It would be interesting. And also we would have to have a very severe injury crisis for that to happen, as we saw last season. Left-back is a different thing because we don't even have one in the under-21s. And so that would be my concentration, is at least get a backup left-back or an improvement on Furpo, particularly given how important the full-backs are to the way Jesse Marsh wants to play. I think we could get away with putting somebody like Dan James in at number nine for however many games we have to. But I feel like... um going through a season with only one left-back who was started injured feels like much more of a risk. So I'm, I'm kind of in the, of the mood that... Get them all. All the, all the anger is a bit um, misplaced at the moment in this furious pursuit of warm-bodied strikers across Europe. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to see that energy applied to left-back. Well, mm. Moscow, the, the day is yet young. Mm. Um, many, many hours left. Who knows what can happen? What we do know is that somebody who is, is heading to Spain, Matthias Bogus, back to Ibiza for his nice life. On the island in the sun? Yeah, I felt sorry for him. He's going to do another season. When he got injured and he had to come back. I thought, ah, poor lad. It was it was Instagram was just full of him on beaches and boats. And then you saw all the the other poor saps we sent off to the bloody west coast to <laughs> just suffering Morecambe and uh, Fleetwood and places mm. like that. You think get the Abitha move. That's the one for you. Edmondson ended up permanently in Carlisle, didn't he? <laughs> Bless him. And then yeah, but Bogus is just like um skipped a year. And then go back to he's restarted the game, hasn't he? Fly, like flying for nightclubs in summer over the winter but months, it, playing for the football team. What a bloody nice life! But it feels a lot like he's never going to play no, for us. No, no. I think which is a shame because there was there was hope. Wasn't there was there? a lot of hype around him at one the stage. Polish Messi, yeah. Was, Click said he was better than him, which maybe was modesty on Click's part. Just being nice, wasn't he? Maybe it was just being nice. Hey, when it comes to the youth, uh, we beat Forest five one, didn't we? The twenty ones. Didn't watch this. Did you watch it? Did you catch any of this? I watched the first half. Turned it off just before we equalised. It was good because I had to go out. The first, I mean, first half, basically, we just were absolutely battering them. It was a bit like the Everton game, in fact. We were battering them. Then they um, had two really good chances where they just went up the other end and scored one, almost scored another. And then I've since watched the highlights back and, yeah, we just we just battered them second half. The goalkeeper had a little bit of a meltdown. Uh, JB had a shot that went straight under him and then he was flapping at some other stuff. And by the time Dean was scoring the fifth, he was really hesitantly coming out it, he was coming out like a fucking Mary as Howard Wilkinson mm. would say um, for a ball and it just got there last but um, there's another striker Max Dean Max Dean Let's see we've got start, loads of put, them put Max Dean well in. with reference to the, one of the other ones I do wonder how close Sonny Perkins is to like a proper first team squad place he looks very good him and yeah. him and Joseph both look really good in there yeah. and and also JB looks um, looks really promising as well from the bits we've seen Imagine if we had, we had Alfie McCalmont at left back. We did have Alfie, poor Alfie McCalmont at left back. The thing is, he he's not going to be sticking around either, is he? Probably he's probably looking for a loan move. And well, if any scouts are there, they have to turn up and watch him playing left back. He was <laughs> just uh, a bit of a shame. Photographed the weekend before 
at Oldham. Mm. He was back at Boundary Park watching their match. And even though they're in the National League now, and they, their fans seem to think they were signing him permanently and they couldn't believe it. They were like, I can't believe we're getting a player of that quality mm. in the National League. And then he's playing left back for our under 21s the next uh, I mean, we couple did it. of days later. We did it for our charity walk, but imagine going to Oldham voluntarily. It's it's a fine place, and they've got they've got a character of a chairman now, haven't they? As well, uh, Michael. There was a stabbing when we were there. There was there was a it was a murder actually. That's yeah. what it was. There was um yeah yeah someone from the group did encounter someone who had been stabbed as well. It's uh, part of the same incident. Something I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah, it seemed a bit sketchy in parts. Yeah, is <laughs> what um, I will say. Imagine we, we when we walked past um, Boundary Park, didn't we? On the uh, on the morning after we were setting off from Oldham that night. Yeah, uh, yes, it's a, it's a lovely spot. Very scenic. Well, well I, hope, I hope Alfie gets to go somewhere and play in central midfield because I think that's probably what he wants. Um, On to Leeds women and our sympathies go to Chris Bennett, family of uh, Chris Bennett and friends as well, who was the chairman of, of Leeds women who's uh, who's passed away that the club mentioned. It was um, it was on the website, wasn't it? They tweeted out about this. Uh, how did the women get on in the most recent game? Well, there have been two games since we since the last show. They lost one, disgracefully, but then they um they did beat Stockport Pass County. Pass out. <laughs> so I was yelling. Uh, they did beat Stockport County ladies four uh, nil. One of the goals in particular was had real um, Urente vibes to it. The keeper tried rolling it out, and one of the players was tying the laces. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! <laughs> and then we score. That's brilliant. It was uh, so that was good to watch. Oh, did, uh, you know, but, there was the sending off and the brawl in the game the other week. I can't remember who the opponent was. That was Hull. Yeah. Yes. I think there may, may footage may exist of it. It wasn't on LUTV, but I know somebody was at the game who claims to have recorded it. So I'm going to try and get hold of the recording. It's like there's a Pruder tapes, isn't it? This like um, un, Don't, unmasking the JFK. If it um, incriminates any Leeds players, just, mm. just let it lie. But it'll just be audio only. So you'll probably just hear a lot of swearing, probably from our very own fullback that we. Well, um, it'll be audio only. What's what's going on on a podcast? If we're playing a clip, like we play the. Clips oh right, okay. I thought you meant that. That's all they. They'd captured if they were, they were just at the no, I mean, I women's game recording sounds. Were so they doing the? We could distort voices. We've got an ambient recording going on. Yeah, and I hope our sweary fullback, um, Olivia Smart, is involved swearing. Hopefully. She is very good at it, isn't she? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's preview Brentford then, and a situation that will be far less stressful probably than the last time we were at Brentford. You would think so. Games against Brentford should never carry so much weight again, should they? It was uh, it was too much. It was too much, was that? We beat them in the 1950s, and that should have been the end of it. <laughs> well, uh, of course, 100% record at this stadium. 
Mm. The the old um, whatever it was called, the Beehive. I'm going to call it. Well, <laughs> what's well, full of Beyonce fans? Uh, yeah, the old ground. That one. Oh, Griffin Park. Griffin Park. The, the Four yeah. Pubs Arena, wasn't it? It was um, the Griffins, the Bees. It's their sponsorship with Midland Bank. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. That, that is why. God, you won't remember Midland Bank, will you? No. I do you remember Midland pop, Bank? This man was, you were never a member of the Griffin Club, though, were you? The young Griffins. <laughs> sounds like something. <laughs> yes. Sounds like, sounds like some sort of uh, like Mason's thing, the Griffin Club. <laughs> like you'd go around smashing up restaurants or something. For the younger viewer slash listener, that is now what is HSBC, isn't it? The old Midland Bank. Mm. Um, let's talk about Brentford then rather than um, banking logos. Uh, Rafinha walking across the pitch on his knees, sing, probably singing Hey Jude at the time. Not sure. Blessing the pitch. Yep, yep. A different world, wasn't it? Can yeah. we re- can we capture that magic again? Um, I'd probably just take a point and get out of there. That'd be all right. Well, who scored? dot com seems to think that they're the uh, the Premier League champions in waiting. They've only got one weakness: defending against through ball attacks, and then their strengths: very strong at attacking set pieces, and then strap in. Strong at creating long shot opportunities, creating chances using through balls, finishing scoring chances, coming back from losing positions, creating scoring chances, defending set pieces, aerial duels, and protecting the lead. I mean, it's football, basically. Mm. There's nothing has been missed off there. Good at everything. Those um, those weirdos at 538.com who do the um, the algorithm predictions and stuff reckon Brentford have got a 49% chance of winning this. That's nearly half, Michael. Um, Correct. Leeds United, 27% chance and 24% chance of the draw. Okay. I'd probably take a draw. That'd be fine, I think, for this. Um, yeah, they're strange, strange Brentford, aren't they? We feel like we we never seem to have any normal games against them. There's always Because mm. there's been promotion on the line, and then last year, whatever whatever that was, there was the ridiculous 2-2 at Ellen Road, wasn't there? Which was, it felt like a... Both like a, a terrib- badly dressed ballerina. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, both a... Both are like a terrible point and a brilliant point because we were in control of that game and then suddenly they were in the lead and then Bamford's on and he's injured and then the madness at the end of last season. Just Let's just have a normal game. Which so should, we win. Which, yeah, well, we should win. Yeah, I would think so. Are we looking forward to a debut goal from insert name here? Yes, a, a trialist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a signing? Yep. Can you put that on the team sheet? Yeah, or just Dan James up front. Mm, it, well, he's already down in London, don't have to travel down. Yeah, failing a medical. Um, I've got, that's actually what made me feel so, no, sorry for, for him was the thought that Dan James is sat there. In, I don't know. Let's think. Let's, they're not going to go travel lodge. Either. They might go Premier in. Mm. He's just sat in a Premier in, rattling around on his comfy hypnos bed or whatever it is that Lenny Henry pedals off on us. Looks dead comfy, but he's just bored in there. And he always, always got a kettle and a telly to play with. Missing his dog. Yeah, it's all a bit. It is quite disrupting. Him waiting to see if he's going to have to be sold to pay for somebody or not when he could be practicing but um, uh, what's our manager called Jesse Marsh <laughs> was saying uh, that it would seem pretty likely that uh, Patrick Bamford could start he'll be doing his pre-Brentford press conference soon and he may well say that Patrick Bamford is um, retiring injured from football um, forevermore but obviously Rodrigo won't be playing Bamford might be Gail Hart is the other option so don't know Bamford didn't particularly look fit to me on Tuesday night. He looked all right, but I thought he did some. Yeah, he did some quite nice. He stuff. did some good link-up stuff, but mm. he just it just always it felt a little bit loose, didn't it? At times, as I think is yeah, lacking sharpness. Yeah, particularly he seemed to be a bit slow onto things in the the penalty area when you're looking for like kind of a a split reaction. I also and it was completely not 
but what well, I was watching him warm up and I thought he'd pulled his hamstring. <laughs> um, he, have, he obviously hadn't, but there was just a moment where he kind of, he stopped doing his exercise and put his hand to his thigh. And I was like, Pat, no, come on. Um, we'd already lost Rodrigo by that point. So I think I was just very um, tetchy. Mm. I think the fact Gellhart came on for Rodrigo shows where Bamford's at fitness wise, because what was there, about an hour left or something at that stage? And yeah. We obviously took a look at him and went, no, nah, I can't. We can't have him on for that long. It's got 45 minutes to 60 minutes vibes about it, hasn't it? But that's where we went wrong with him last season. I mean, I know I was saying in the other show, like, I'm not too bothered about signing a striker. This is where I do also understand the logic in it because rushing Bamford back last year and saying, well, he's probably all right for 45 minutes so we can start him at Brentford and take him off. I would start with Joffy, have, give Matteo Joseph a place on the bench because... You know, if you're scoring loads of goals in the under-21s, that's supposed to be the result of it, isn't it? You get closer to the first team. And then only bring on Bamford if we really need to. Joffy, he scored that beauty against them last year that was um, only given a narrow offside. So let's get Gelhart back to his best against Zanka and me. Brentford are quite good, aren't they? They're all right. Yeah, they tick along. They're, they're getting them, they've done pretty well, getting themselves established. I know it's take the piss, but... Really, if you're taking this seriously, you shouldn't be. Because, right. uh, yeah, we're, we're fucking about in the main. And yeah, they're, they're quite sort of quietly going about the business, aren't they? They just seem to sign quite good players. I don't know if they're quiet enough, really. Well, well, the yeah. page huge at the end of every game and stuff and the lap of honour that they keep doing because they beat Scum and all that. I would, I would rather that they did their business silently. Would you rather... Their that... results were not reported. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you what they did this summer, which I didn't I didn't think was possible. Uh, signed a left back. Mm. Hang on a minute. No, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. How much did he cost? Fifteen million pounds. Oh, that's too much, isn't it? And he, he's we should ask Phil about him actually. He used to play for Hearts. He's oh, okay. a, a Scotsman playing in Italy and they've paid fifteen million quid for him. Like Graham Souness. Yes. Uh, who else are they signed? Uh, Keen Lewis Potter they got from Hull. Too many names. Don't get it. <laughs> yeah, he can just mix them up. Yeah, Lewis. he used to pick a couple and stick with them, doesn't he? And they got Dam's guard, but he's not fit yet. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, were we linked with him? We were. He was good in the Euros or the World Cup. One of them. Did he not do uh, that, a good free kick against England? Was uh, that Dam's guard? Probably. But yeah, he, he looked pretty good for a while. Mm. But he's had. He missed a lot of last season because he had some form of arthritis. Apparently, bodes well for a professional footballer. Doesn't uh, it? And he's done twenty-two. Well, he's Danish though, and as we know from Christian Eriksen, Brentford will take Danish players in any condition. <laughs> so <laughs> if he's good, were, he'll sign for scum in a year. They were in for Rasmus as well, weren't they? Yes, they were. There's, there is a, a rule that Brentford have first refusal on any Danish players coming to play in England. Maybe this is Rasmus's breakout performance. It could be. I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good. Nothing to add. <laughs> Pontus not likely to play, though. Is there's, he, there's a chance, injured. apparently, but he's been injured and they've been doing fine without him. So they may, uh, they may well not gamble. But yeah, he's, a, he's been out for a couple of weeks. Is Zanka a new signing or is he somebody they've had for a while? From Cool Runnings, I believe. <laughs> I mean, it's, I've never heard of him, but he, he One is One of the here. characters, I think he's called Sanka. I don't know. There was someone in Cool Run who's called that, probably. If you have to explain your jokes, it means it wasn't that good a joke, doesn't it? But if they've signed, you know. uh, if they've signed <laughs> Ben Mee feels like signed to do everything Pontus Janssen would do, mm. but with a Burnley relegation on his record. Ben so, Mee was the one who did a, a real heartfelt video and then fucked off on a free, wasn't he? Like <laughs> the week after, because they were all like, I mean, Ben Mee might stay. He might sign a contract. Yeah, let's fly another plane over the stadium to convince him. You're right, it was he Doug, loves that. Dougie Doug, who played Sanka Coffee. There you go. In Cool Runnings. Well, remember, I have to say, well done for that, that somehow triggering off a memory. 
Because that film was nearly 30 years ago. It was, <laughs> it was 1993, Cool Runnings. The last film I watched. I'm like, Michael Owen. <laughs> Seen two ever. Oh dear. I guess that the big question, just to go back to where we kind of started on this and the flavour of the day, is who plays up front for Leeds United, isn't it? Even if we sign somebody today, it's not going to be them. No, it'll be Joffy, I would yeah. guess. You think? Which I, I think I'm quite looking forward to. I think he deserves a start. I know he did one against Barnsley and was rubbish, but um, but at least the first team though was it? No, I was going to say there was, the people around him were not um, were not first choice. So I think it, I'd be interested to see how he does. And um, he's, it's about time he stepped up. <laughs> <laughs> that little slacker. What's he been doing? I'm, there is, I'm there absolutely is, sick of him. That that has been creeping in already this season, yeah, hasn't it? Has. Like, Gel, is Gelhart? <laughs> Ever going to be any good? Which yeah. well, we've not got Tyler, four games in. We've not got Tyler Roberts anymore, have we? So before uh, you could, always, Tyler Roberts would come on, and everyone would go, "For fuck's sake, play Gellar yeah. instead!" And then we used to cheer him as he came to the touchline, and now he's like, already oh. to that point. Where he's like, oh God, Gellar's gone. Well, he better do something this time, otherwise we'll, we'll ship him out. I mean, it was Rodrigo's looked fairly poor in the last couple of games, which is good for him because <laughs> at least everyone's not pining for Rodrigo anymore. I feel like. Um, I feel like it, it quickly turned when he went off injured. Everyone went, ah, oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> oh, nice he was knackered. Yeah. He was all right so, for the, the opening stage against Everton, apart from that big, that when Harrison put an absolutely beautiful mm. cross in and he just didn't bother. And that was, um, I felt like that was going to be enough to, to take to Angus Kinnear and say, here's your proven international striker. Can't even put away a chance like that. Um, and then he went and popped his shoulder out. Just for good measure. Are we, are we so I'm him, saying 10 him? out of 10 performance. Are we blaming him or are we blaming Pickford? It's a very weak shoulder. It, is, it didn't seem like much, did it? I've watched as many replays as I can and even with the uh, contact, it doesn't seem like the contact does anything. It's almost mm. like he just ran funny and it fell out. <laughs> Which I know we were talking about this uh, damn guard having arthritis, but... That can't be happening to your shoulder, is it? <laughs> shoulder. That's a fine young man. Shoulder just tumbled out of its socket. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah that's not a good condition to be in this thing should be spying holiday though, like a, a string and a spring mechanism where it's a man who sort of slumped down and yeah, then, you, yeah. then you, do, oh, mm. you can pull the, the cord tight or yeah he's just got that going on like, a, ra- like a rag doll he'll just, just fall apart at a minute's notice <laughs> that's a bad sign um, but uh, Joffy seems um, secure and I think he could do with uh, a goal would help him because he, he did look a little he fluffed a couple against Evan didn't he there was mm. he made the chance he made himself a, a nice little space to score and then just put it wide. Um, yeah, he didn't, didn't quite get his foot round. And the other yeah. one was a very good save. Pickford got out well to him. Yeah, Pickford made a very good save from Brendan Aronson as well. Mm-hmm. That uh, sort of gets forgotten in dispatches. So we had the, some good chances to win it apart from there, them, them cowering us. But um, he'll took one away. I mm-hmm. think he scores against Brentford and we win. We've not got Sergi Canos to face in this one. He's... He is apparently definitely injured. And he's always, he seems always central to these games, whether he's mm. headbutting Alioski or scoring. Let's or... just be precise. Where did Which part of Alioski did he headbutt? His back. back. His back, yes, because he's a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't get punished for it either. Pontus Janssen had to serve, it was a one-match ban, he wasn't it? He said that like he was a naughty toddler. <laughs> well, he was. It was a one-match ban for swearing on Sky Sports afterwards mm. and saying it was a robbery by the referee. Maybe... I mean, why not let people say that? Say what he feels. And Pontus said that. He says, look, I'm, I'm sorry, but I say what I feel. Uh, he was shit. <laughs> Good lad. Um, <laughs> and they banned him for that. And then they watched the video of Sergei Canos headbutting Alioski in our dugout 
Was it in our dugout? Or in front, just in front of it. Gone into theirs to get the ball back. Headbutting him in the back. And I was like, oh yeah, that's fine. Crack on. But do not swear on Sky. But he, I mean, we should credit him with potentially keeping us up last year because he did get himself brilliantly sent off in that game, which... You know, allowed us to completely needlessly wasn't be somewhat it? more mm. comfortable. Yeah, because yeah. he got one of the bookings was taking his shirt off, wasn't it? And yeah. then they went piling in on their tackles right after. Funny. And just going back to where we started on this, which was like the lack of stress going into this fixture. This is the sort of game where you can say, right, it's two teams in that middle group. So hopefully, this is a sort of game you get something out of. I just feel like we need this. The problem with last year was there was never any momentum. If we can just keep the points ticking along yeah. if, you, if all you're aiming to do is not be relegated just picking up a point every week is actually fine mm. it, it will do the job for you if we can just if we can just keep a bit of momentum so we never have to look and go well we need to be winning the next game yeah. really because we've lost this one just picking up get two at home and one away yes yeah, <laughs> I mean it is it's the 1st of September so when we're talking about whether there's any stress in these fixtures that we think there shouldn't be. Well, there is if you're at the bottom, though. Like if you're if you're Wolves right now or Bournemouth, yeah. there is stress in these Le- in, in all of the early Leicester, games. Leicester are playing tonight, and they've mm. only got one point on the board. Because I was just looking at the table. I, I was going to say earlier, but then got waylaid by you uh, throwing something at me, Michael. I can't remember what it was. But we're now five points clear of that bottom clutch of teams, which is is two games difference, two game swing already. Yeah. Keep mm. that gap up all season, and it's fine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you've got to choose when to get anxious about things, so if you can, because you know there's plenty of things to worry about in the world and you know, vital matches against Brentford in September. Um, save it all for April. That's when we'll be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be. I was thinking, who was it last season? Was it, it was, didn't Brighton go off like a train and then yeah. they lost a load of games and came back down again. So there's... Uh, similar to Southampton as well. They did. They, they played really well up to February, then stopped. That's it. And you can um, lull yourselves into these things of, thinking everything's going to be great and then they're not or thinking everything's going to be terrible and then you win 10 in a row so it's kind of um, well the stat was the other day that was was um, one of the either the commentator or the co-commentator said that this is the highest leader been in the league since Terry Venables was in charge and you think yeah how I mean, did, and how did that go yeah but then also we were you know nobody should be I know we are but looking at the league table after have we played four games five now mate <laughs> five we're doing alright aren't we probably absolutely fine yeah I think, I don't know. Or maybe I'm just a bit bewildered by deadline day and how insane everybody seems to be being. I just want to kind of, like, I'd quite like to just watch a game of football at the weekend and not not be angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other note of caution here is, of course, um, Everton start to last season when they got uh, three wins and a draw out of their opening four mm. games. <laughs> stayed up, stayed up though. Ten points on the board out of the opening four. Uh, they did stay up, you're absolutely right. Thanks to Frank. Yep. Well, we'll see what this. Anything can happen, can't it? It can. It's one of the exciting pleasures of the sport that we love. Well, I was just going to say, we'll see what happens. It's it's a world full of possibility right now, isn't it? So let's go and embrace the occasion down at the Brentford Community Stadium. Has it got a sponsor now, hasn't it? Yes, Lego. It is not Lego. I, uh, I want to say it's like an insurance company Dane or something. <laughs> Peter Schmeichel personally. I'll find out where they play. It's at the G Tech Community. Oh, G Tech Hoover's. Ah, excellent. well, they'll, maybe they'll be planning to clean up. Hoover's this season. Hoover's and lawnmowers. G Tech, if you're watching, really good, really good products. It worked for Astonish. I'm seeing I'm, if I'm seeing if they'll send me a Hoover. I mean, we are going to be moving to a new office soon as well. We could probably do with a new Hoover, can't we? And lawnmower. Yeah. Now to give it its, I'm on their website to give it its proper title. It is Floor Care. They make floor care products, not Hoover's. Okay. So they are. I mean, well, only Hoover's. Hoover, only Hoover yeah. make Hoover's, don't they? Yeah. Uh, they have a range of upright vacuums. Well, that will I mean, tackle tough dirt, debris. 
and pet hair. I mean, what we're saying is if you want to send us free stuff, just just do. That's fine. Let's see how we get on against Brentford. I'd take a stick vacuum because I've... I'd take a stick vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, we'll debrief all this then on the on the match ball uh, straight after. Oh, they're doing Air Ram Mark II. Ooh, oh, you. and here's one for, uh, I think they must only sell the Air Ram Mark II K9. It must be tailor-made for the Huddersfield Pet market. Pet hair, yeah. But then there's an Air Ram Platinum that features anti-hair wrap technology and innovative forward inertia drive while delivering up to an hour of runtime. I honestly don't understand any of these words. An hour of runtime, that's just what you want out of Dan James, isn't it? What is going on? Anyway, we will see how we get on at the GTEC um, Air Ram 3 Mark IV K9. Do you want a lithium sweeper? Do you have a lot of lithium? <laughs> lying, about, lying about the house. Uh, no, not, not generally speaking. <laughs> Can't move for lithium in my house. <laughs> it's uh, People still take lithium, don't they? So like an antidepressant, I think. If you've got any of those lying around your house, that. get yourself a G-Tech. You can get some vacuum-scented cartridges for the canine as well. This is Heroes and Villains. Hooray! Boo! Let's start off with the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award first. Um, someone what has done wrong by us. Over some very obvious candidates from the last week. A few of our bet noirs have, have been in town. Frank Lampard Jr. There's a, there are a lot of Everton picks here. There's Anthony, Anthony Gordon, Frank Jr. I think we should start with Brighton because we let's not forget about them. They, were, they have wronged us. They yeah. were villains at the start of this period. And as Sean sent a little a little clip to it, encapsulate why. Feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Brighton. And not just because they beat us, but because they're just so inoffensive. They're so annoyingly unannoying. That's how I would best describe Graham Potter as well. Just, I don't even feel that offended that we were beaten. And, you know, that's messing with me existentially. Like, I don't feel that upset. They're just such a just a just a nice club, being run well. Just fans are all right. Just fuck off, Brighton. <laughs> I enjoyed uh, Sean's accent there. It's a Scotsman on tour, wasn't it? It sounded mm. like or uh, some well Yorkshireman maybe on tour in Scotland, something like that. Fine. Wisconsin Todd captured it as well. Villainous because they drone on with metronomic quality without being interesting. What's to like or dislike? Potter is drearily competent. They play well, but don't score. So their matches like watching paint dry. It's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like them to be better. Yeah, they're like, a, they've, they've been a really good striker away from being quite an exciting team for a yeah. while. And it would be great if um, this was the crux of my match report. Was like they came up, um, or they overtook us out of League One from the with Dean, and have done you know even down to the having. Real ale available from wherever away fans come from. Like, they put little posters as well, don't they? Thank you for travelling 500 odd miles. All those lovely little touches and they do um, they do well. And then I'd like them to follow Leicester and just bust what's going on at the top. It creates some hope that we might do it. If Leicester, mm-hmm. who we played in League One, and Brighton, who we played in League One, can win the Premier League, then oh, maybe we could do it next, especially when Roderick Zahn is always, oh, we'll do the Brighton model, we'll do the Leicester model. Let's see it work. Let's do that. But they just, they just refuse. Instead, they just settle for beating us, losing to Fulham, and refusing to win the Premier League. And where does that get them? Mm. Nowhere. So having gone from playing in a, an athletic stadium to being a, a well-established, well-run Premier League team, not good enough. They're playing no. in a credit card now, though. Mm. That is true. Mm. Yeah, stop being so bloody nice and reasonable. Anthony Gordon. Be more like Everton. Yeah. It will either become a really good team or just go the Everton route and become people that we can absolutely despise easily. Yeah, 
Uh, panda to our needs is what we're saying. Right. Yeah. Anthony Gordon, have we, uh, we've got a clip here, haven't we, from Simon? We have. Fill in of the week. Well, you've got to go for firstly Davis for that thing on Melier and the fucking punchable look on his face when he, uh, he started smiling at him. But actually, Anthony Gordon. I mean, who calls yourself Anthony these days anyway? Kid that age. <laughs> and, you know, he looks like the love child between Steve Cooper and Ian Dowie. What a, what a face. <laughs> I mean, it's cheap. It's awful. It's blaming him for his name. Well, no, I mean, he could be Tony, couldn't he? And he's, Tony he's G. right. He could be Tony G. Because he's, it's like when Ben White decided he wants to be Benjamin. Mm. I don't know why these, um, He's like 20-year-old footballers are trying to like attach some kind of gravitas to them by being called the Sunday names. Call yourselves Moscow. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. That works. Yeah. I, I was, used to know I was in trouble when I got my name, my full name, my Sunday name. Mm. The, uh, um, as a kid. And even now, to be fair. What's the first name of Davies? Tom. Tom. Thomas. 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 Um, he's right about that kick on Melier as well, because it was calculated, deliberate, the smile on his face afterwards, I would have booked him for the kick. And then if I was the referee, I would have looked at his reaction and would have been like, right, you meant that. I'm going to give you another yellow and send you off. I don't I don't understand what he was hoping to achieve there. Just to piss piss us off. But you, just, as, you just pick up a really needless early booking though, because it was, it was about half an hour in, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but he's an attacker. So how often is, he's not going to be like diving into tackles the rest of the game. Well, he's an Everton player though. They don't, they were kind of defensive. In, uh, overall so but also you've got the advantage of referees will be more reluctant to send you off if you're a, a forward you can get away with one yellow without the expectation of another I think it will be the same as Gordon on uh, Christensen off the ball as well was another just disgraceful there was no need for it um, there was no call for it it was just like I'm going to take a booking to cause some anti-football mm. trouble there were nominations for a Pickford kind of Cody in there I enjoyed uh, Neil Warnock as a character, nominates Pickford for saying he's a first-class character. Yep. Took the piss out of the referee all night, and this is this is not true, but it's just how he looks, and looks like he'd nick a fiver out of his grand's purse. <laughs> Scumbag. <laughs> it's just, I don't think he's fine. And also TJ um, nominates him for having a punchable face that accounted for at least 10% of the match coverage yep. because of the, uh, I assume, the, the amount of time he was just holding the ball and doing this. If you're watching the video, did that a lot. What's that? Just to explain that for the audio That's, listener. That's um, him moving his arms to say, you're not stood in the right place, so I can't possibly kick it yet. Yeah. But then no one moved when he did it. Right. The Everton players all just stood exactly where they had always been. Yeah. But he just did it to make it look like he was he was waiting for something. I mean, I'm just... And the ref went, oh, it's, it's fine, he's just rearranging stuff. Sorry to talk about myself here, but I've just noticed, scrolled down the sheet and seen that Bielsa Sai has nominated me for putting pressure on us to get eight points from five games. Well, we got it, didn't we? We're staying up. It's good to set targets. It is. Maybe. Just don't say anything for me. Don't shoot the messenger either. This was an Optus stat, not mine. I just I just said it with my mouth. That's all. <sighs> Idiots. Gordon was one of the worst of the tank engines, wasn't he? Uh, probably. Was he, was he the sour face green one? No, he was blue. He, uh, he was described as pompous, I've just seen. Um, it's not. He's not Henry who they bricked up, that you might be thinking of. But um, That was very yeah. sad when they bricked him up in the tunnel. Mm. Like I think it was... Um, I read a story once. You know, you go down these little Wikipedia wormholes... Mm. And I think it was, I started looking at something about the Ribblehead Viaduct, and then I ended up, that led me on to the one in the Harry Potter films, you know, like the curvy viaduct in Scotland, that's very impressive. So the train goes round on a, on a bend. Oh, oh it's West a, Coast somewhere, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like a little sort of mini Hoover Dam vibe. It's the Harry like, Potter one, isn't it? Yeah, so I just I said, yeah. I said, the, word, said, yeah, I said yeah. the words Harry Potter, right, so yeah, sorry, you, didn't, you didn't need to repeat them. I don't always listen. No. Um, and anyway, when they, were, when they were building that, I gather when they were building the pillars for that, a horse fell in it, um, and they couldn't do anything to rescue the horse, so they just bricked it in. Oh, 
Yeah, and they've done like uh, um, sciencey bits on it to X-ray it. Horse skeleton in there. Oh, there you go. And that's what they did to that train on Thomas the Tank Engine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Which all leads back to um, Anthony Gordon, who often found <laughs> Thomas uh, Davies very annoying for whistling rudely at him. So yeah, I was right. Gordon's a prick. And Thomas the Tank Engine, voiced by Ringo Starr, who is called a Scouser. Yep. All makes perfect sense. Ah, if you think about it. It makes you think. That's how, It's been bothering me since halfway through the match when I was uh, the association Gordon and Tank Engine. Well, Wedge, came to my mind and I've only just got around to looking at it. Stop right there because Wedge has uh, been in touch to say it shouldn't be Gordon. Actually, it has to be the grown man who dropped his child to fawn over Gordon. The longer clip of that as well, he drops his child and then he's furious at someone for picking him up is how it appears. Because mm. a steward goes... Yeah, you've left this. You've left this infant on the pitch. Do you want me to pick it up? And then the dad's like, "Put my kid down! Don't well, you touch him!" He's kind of handed, he's really he's uh, really furious about something. He gets handed to him, and then he's just like, I "Don't fucking want him! I want to have a go! I want to cuddle Anthony Gordon and have a fight with you." I do <laughs> oh, have a that was excellent. I do wonder excellent. if um, it was actually his child because he seems so disinterested, as if because. The kid runs on the pitch and then the steward goes over. He doesn't run on the pitch, he gets dropped onto the pitch. Well, no, before that. So the kid's run on the pitch. Oh, okay. And then the steward's bringing him back oh, and that lad's at the front. Rats. And I think because that <laughs> lad is like trying to hug Anthony Gordon, I have a feeling the steward puts the child into his arms thinking this is the dad. And so that guy's then has got, no, it's not mine. Fucking ass. <laughs> and then he's back, back to Anthony Gordon. So I'm wondering if it's like a, a case of mistaken identity, but still... His lack of regard for the child, in any case, is spectacular. Um, yeah, and he's, yeah, just, it was strange We're watching him veer between I want to hug Anthony Gordon and I want to fight this steward and trying to choose between them seems to be a choice um, he was in no condition to make while a child wept at his feet. On to... Um, he can have a villain nomination, that guy. Darren England, the referee, bath time, as... Uh, but this is very eloquent. Says, While the whole Everton side can collectively go suck on each other's toes for sustenance and Frank's bald spot is creeping up behind him like the relegation fight he'll be in again by October, I uh, feel the ref gets this hands down. He's rightfully being called out by Jesse Face pandering of fats over tub lord extraordinaires, Burnley wannabes. I'm sure he has a nice bonus coming. No, he can't say that. <laughs> a, a good refereeing performance. He's right, though. Yeah. Just, just book some people and it stops. Really, really, really easy. I know refereeing as a whole is genuinely... genuinely an impossible job. But if someone's taking ages over something, just book them for it. It's like the most straightforward bit of refereeing, you would think. Mm. You just look at how long someone's taking over something consistently and go, stop taking that long. You don't need to. Right, Jackie's Corners uh, gets some nominations. It was uh, Stuart does Dallas as well. Kinnear's programme notes. Let's pick a villain of the week. Who's it going to be? We know It's one of the <laughs> obvious candidates, isn't it? Um, I feel like the referee. Give it Darren England. Black Taxi Philly points out, um, well, speculates that he can't use a digital watch. Mm. That could have been the cause, in which case he needs to just admit it and get help. Yeah. So I'm out there every week. I don't know when the game's ending. I'm having to look at the, the clock in the stadium. And if there isn't one, then I, the game could go on all night if we don't get a grip of Darren England. Let's get on to the Gitana Baradi Hero of the Week Award. Somebody who has uh, made us feel better over the last seven days. A number of Leeds player nominations. Obviously, this does span a couple of games, doesn't it? So moods have ebbed and flowed mm-hmm. over the course of the week. Uh, let's run through the Leeds player nominations first. Sinistera, top of the list, really. Everyone nominated him mm-hmm. for being... Um, he's. Credited for Flashes of Rafinha from House of Stouts. And uh, Tom H says the same thing yeah. as stepping into Rafinha's boots as our new dead good player. Right. Yeah, he's, he's quite a different style. He's a bit more of a, he feels less explosive, but somehow more likely to make something happen. With Rafinha, you wondered if you would, whereas Sinistera seems to be just always. 
Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe. It's so only been better? two games. He might be. There's just something about, it's two games, two goals, isn't it? Two starts and two goals mm-hmm. anyway. And then they've both kind of come from, not. they're not like, he's not breaking the net and they're not hitting the top corner, but they're just good. Yeah, they're just dead clever, weren't mm. they? Like really good, good standard professional football goals. And like his spin on halfway against Everton wasn't up with Rafinha ending Cahill. Cahill's career, but it was still just good and also seems to be, I think it's because he, he works a bit further back. Rafinha did that like right on Palace's goal line. And then this is more halfway and it's kind of, he's, from there, he'll then, he's looking for a pass and usually delivering his passes into the front player so far been really good so he potentially yes. seems a little bit more suited to playing centrally as well than Rafinha was because Rafinha looked like he always desperately wanted to be over by the touchline which is where he played for us played for Brazil played for Barcelona now he's just stood right out on the, he, he on wants the line to be able to beat the man and run into the space doesn't he whereas this is kind of running at players and running towards goal mm-hmm. like an inside forward rather than a winger House of Stouts also points out that his shorts are uh, further away from his balls mm. Mm. yeah it was weird how Rafinha liked I always like them high. Don't kink shame it. Good thighs. Yeah. Want to show them off. Right, I just feel like nice, nice bit of constriction around the. Anyway. Um, yeah. Scrooge, Trent, uh, Fergus McLeeds, and Pickford's empty gel bottle among those who uh, who nominated Sinistera. Uh, Tyler Adams getting some love as well. Uh, like a wasp, you can't beat away from your ice cream, says Rich AD, which I liked. Toast going straight for the miserable side of it. Adams, he's fucking mint. I can't wait to sell him next season for about 25 mil. Come on, 42. It'd be 42. It'd be 42. That's a fair price. Yeah, Melia gets some love as well for, for good saves. Um, and for standing up for himself, as Lucy points out, when he was uh, going, going into that with Davis. And um, and he's been right into, yes, and Lucy also points out, right into uh, the Barnsley Harakar. And I think, wasn't he in for, um, he was up there when it kicked off with Rasmus and Gordon too. He loves a scrap and I love him. Yeah, for a spindly lad, he likes to get involved, doesn't he? Yeah, good on him. Uh, Rodrigo. Get some mentions as well for for getting injured. It's worth saying his ah. nominations are for and and forcing the ball to get well, well get well soon. Yeah. Maybe sign a striker. Tom H obviously read the program notes and took one for the team. Rasmus, yeah, quite a lot of uh, nominations for him. I think because he was better in the second half and had to go at Anthony Gordon were basically the the things he was nominated for. Mm. Not having it. I'm still haunted by the first half. I need to see more than more than one good half. Yeah, relative to mm. the other candidates, it feels like a weak shout, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. Rocker gets a few, again, possibly a bit weak, but for being having his best game yet, probably. And for playing a full match. He managed it, well done. Yeah, Rocker's best game in a lead shirt. Adams was tidy, as always. Sense of calmness to a game that was anything but serene. He does, that's, that is his big quality, I think, where it comes to Rocker. The big mm. pirate gets some love as well, for being an excellent left-back, says Rachel. I mean, where was he when Patterson was running through to have that free shot on goal? Mm. But probably, well, this is the thing. It, striker's playing very, very well, but also... One of the problems Harrison had in the second half was trying to play with him as like a, a link-up player and Stroke just can't do it. He's just not good enough as a as an attacker to be able to play those short little passes and get Harrison to the byline and basically give Harrison what he needs to attack effectively. But I think Stroke has been absolutely brilliant so far this season and is like he's not not trying to help Harrison in those situations. And I can't remember which way around the feet is supposed to be, but if we get Furpo back, given we're not going to sign anybody, then Strout can take over from Llorente. Because mm. um, I don't think he's mentioned at all, but Robin Cock has been brilliant so far this season, I think. He's getting a steady six or seven on all the uh, TSV Plus ratings, but um, maybe it's just by contrast with 
your Ensei's around him in the space, just sorting everything out. And if he can be fit all season, I think he'll be a quiet shelf for player of the year. I mean, I think Stroke has been our best fullback this year, which considering mm. he isn't one, is yep. probably quite an achievement. So. <laughs> yes. Um, before we get to the the obvious high point and the exit point of this award, Lampard's bold spot, let's just uh, give a quick mention to first the East Stand kid, Bielsa Sai. Proud of the East Stand kid who was giving Gordon and his wig some grief down there at the front. That's reminded me as I came out of the uh, the Everton game, walking up Allen Road past um, here. In fact, there there was a gang of about 15, 10 year old girls who were all singing. And at first, I thought they were all singing "We All Ate Leeds Scum," but as I got close I realised it was just we all love leads they were doing the positive one and um, they were very excited very happy singing all the songs did you discover that after you'd laid into them started punching them and <laughs> they uh, um, I assume one of the grown ups with them a teacher whoever said why don't you all sing your own song and without missing a beat they didn't even need to try and organise it they started singing and I'm pretty sure that the full lyrics were Two, four, six, eight. who do we appreciate Leeds United AFC they're the only team for me and it was brilliant did yeah, they, the Everton chant. they did a big uh, cheering woo at the end of it and then um, started it again. And I think that might be my new favourite Leeds United song. <laughs> well, get I it, look get forward it going. to you trying yeah. to start it. <laughs> get it going from the back of the West End in the gantry. But nominations for them because they were probably the most cheerful people I've seen after a 1-1 a draw. Think, Maybe it's just being up because it was 10 o'clock. It was late. It was past mm. my bedtime. And this one is very much of the day. De jour, this one. Castleford Christian says... Uh, the hero of the week is our unnamed impending deadline day striker signed completely out of the blue despite interest from a host of European clubs and the club pretending, that's air quotes, they didn't think we needed one of those rascals, right? What's what's he called, our new striker? Bamba Dieng. Bamba Dieng, of course, yes. Hat-trick against Brentford incoming. Looking forward to it. And finally, Frank Lampard's bald spots. White, God, I read that as Rose West. Uh, White Rose Wes um, says Frank Lampard, sorry, bald spot. Just need to point it out to him and that'll... Uh, that'll keep- <laughs> I'll keep him sat on his fucking bench. I do, I do wonder if anyone behind him was pointing it out because it was a wasted opportunity. He was getting quite a lot of uh, grief from the front of the West Stand, but he just did his smug thing of turning around and going, like, oh, I don't know why you're all laughing. Bit weird that you're laughing at the manager. Like, oh, what's your obsession with me? Uh, I thought we were obsessed with time. But who's your villain? Um, well, aren't we nominating a hero here? Oh, what, I mean, well, we, we are. Who's your hero? Well, how, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, I've just seen most news. Maybe Spurs are nominated by Christensen's foul throws. It was all very meh, he says. Tom, Tottenham can be nominated if they sign the little scum bastard before Thursday so we don't have to watch the human spaniel wasting oppo- attacking oh. opportunities again. It looks like he's going to Fulham. I was going to say, just just flip across the Twitter, Fabrizio Romano, let's give him his full name. Fulham he, know, are, he knows nothing. Fulham are closing on the Daniel James deal. Yeah, he's just saying that so he can... On loan from Leeds. He's yeah. just saying that to tweet, isn't he? He just has to tweet... At least if he's on loan from Leeds, he um, he can't score against us or do bad things against us. That is true. Seems a strange move, That Seems a strange move, but anyway. I uh, think it, it, that if that's happening, it must be just down to giving him somewhere to play because he's not going to get the opportunities here. And wages. Right, who's, mm-hmm. your, who's your hero of the week then? Sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Well the done. new Rafinha. Yep. Uh, well, we'll return with a, uh, with a show debriefing the transfer windows we mentioned on the uh, on the extra ball we'll uh, we'll look back on it of course on the weekly show match ball is on the way we've got to record the Phil Hay show in about an hour and a half after Jesse's press conference too busy This they can stop with these bloody midweek games this is what's mm. happened since we decided to do this after we got promoted like doing the match balls and all that we've had far fewer games so I feel really put out by midweek games because they give us loads more work to do progressed in the cup as well that was selfish mm. we're very, looking forward to going to Wolves in November very unleadsy. Well, yeah, that'll be a thrilling watch. Wait, are we doing match balls for the Papa John's this year? 
Well, maybe not. We'll, no wait, we'll wait. We'll wait. No up. Commitment. We'll wait. Up. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.